Here's a few quick notes about the show. Southern Girl Crime Stories is a podcast focused mostly on lesser-known true crime cases, consisting of cold cases, soft cases, identified Jane and John Doe's, along with missing persons and murder victims. You can follow the show on social media, on Instagram at Southern Girl Crime Stories, on Twitter at SG Crime Stories, or search Facebook for Southern Girl Crime Stories. If you're interested in getting some merch, visit my YouTube channel, or you can donate directly via Venmo or PayPal following the links in the description. You can submit case suggestions to southerngirlcrimestories at gmail.com or DM me on social media. Please be sure to check out my YouTube channel for these stories along with photos of victims, suspects, locations of murders, and more. Thirty-eight-year-old Crystal Turner and twenty-four-year-old Colin Schulte married on April 20, 2021, and were known as a very loving couple. They were married in Arkansas, where Crystal is from, and both shared a love for the outdoors. Colin is described by loved ones as kind and sweet with a cheery vibe. They lived in their van, moving from campsite to campsite, but primarily stayed in the area of Moab, Utah with their pet rabbit. On August 13, 2021, four months after the couple married, they were camping in the South Mesa area of the LaSalle Loop in Moab and had spent the evening at Woody's Tavern on Main Street. While there, they told friends that a creepy man had been lurking close to their campsite and harassing them. Crystal had also sent a text to friends with a warning that if something happened to them that they were murdered by him. Hoping to steer clear of the man, they said they would likely move their campsite. Co-workers in Moab had reported the newlyweds missing two days later on August 15th when both women failed to show up for their 5.30 a.m. shifts. On August 18th, 2021, their friend, Sandy Hunter, began searching for the pair around Utah's LaSalle Mountains at the request of Kylan's father who was living in Montana. As she was getting ready to turn on Warner Lake Turnoff, a voice in her head yelled for her to go straight. As she was driving over a cattle guard, she noticed a glimmer of light to the left and came upon what she thought were campers and intended to ask them if they'd seen Crystal and Kylan. She quickly realized that the couple's silver Kia was right there and it was their campsite that she came upon. While talking on the phone to Kylan's father, she came upon Kylan's body in an irrigation ditch. She became scared for her own safety and retreated to call police without continuing to search for Crystal. She didn't have it in her heart to tell Kylan's father on the phone that she knew the one she had found was his daughter, Kylan. When police arrived, both women were found mercilessly shot to death. Two days before they were reported missing, Brian Laundrie and Gabby Petito were stopped by officers of the Moab City Police Department. This led to speculation of a connection between the cases, but that was ultimately ruled out when it was determined that their cell phone data showed they were not in the same area at the time. Crystal and Kylan's murders were also glossed over in the media due to the highly publicized disappearance and murder of Gabby, who was later found dead in the Bridger Teton National Forest in Wyoming, over seven hours north of Moab. 
A month after the homicides, Kylan's father set up a clue booth at Swanee Park in Moab. Seeking tips from the public himself as Moab police, the Grand County Sheriff's Office, and the FBI continued to investigate. In May 2022, nearly a year after the double homicide, the Grand County Sheriff's Office announced that they identified Adam Pinkowitz as the suspect in Kylan and Crystal's death. Pinkowitz is a former employee at the McDonald's in Moab, the same restaurant where Crystal was working, and had failed to show up for her shift. However, it's unclear if she knew Pinkowitz, because if he was the creepy guy they were referring to, she obviously didn't recognize him. The clip I'm about to show you is of an interview with a co-worker of Crystal's who said she believes that Pinkowitz knew who Crystal was, but that she didn't believe Crystal knew who he was. He was initially investigated as a person of interest, along with others, and had a history of picking fights with lesbians. He was also homeless and didn't show up for work or pick up his check after the horrific murders. According to the sheriff's office, Pinkowitz was in the LaSalle Mountains and Moab around the time the couple was found dead. He had reportedly left the state of Utah after the shootings and killed himself a month after their murders. He reportedly confessed to a friend that he killed two women in Utah and provided specific details that were known only to investigators. Detectives had recovered an audio recording that was recorded on August 14th nearby to their campsite, and they confirmed the sound of gunshots can be heard. 
A private investigator alleged that the audio was recorded at 11.35 a.m. on August 14, 2021, the morning after the women were last seen alive, and said that screams can be heard too. While police confirmed the date and the sounds of gunshots, they would not confirm the sounds of screams. Assuming Pinkowitz is the sole guilty party, the case is over to some, but the Grand County Sheriff's Office says that they will continue to investigate the case and collect evidence. Although their families will not see justice served, at least he will never be able to hurt anyone ever again. Tristan Bailey was born January 18, 2008, and was described as a sweet girl with a beautiful smile that loved cheerleading. She was one of five children and lived with her family, known as the Bailey Seven, in Jacksonville, Florida. At the age of 13, she was a seventh grader at Patriot Oaks Academy and a cheerleader captain and cheered for three different cheerleading squads. Her favorite color was aqua, and she was known for having a very contagious laugh. On May 8, 2021, her family returned home after 11 p.m. following an evening of celebration, and Tristan was last seen going to bed at midnight. In the early morning hours of May 9, 2021, she would make the tragic decision as a young 13-year-old to sneak out of her home after midnight. She had not originally planned this and only decided to sneak out after a boy named Dolphus Absher III, who went by Trey, convinced her to. However, she wasn't his first choice. When he was unsuccessful with the first girl, he then turned his attention to Tristan, begging her to sneak out and meet up with him. Tristan agreed and went to Trey's home, where Trey's father was asleep and where her classmate, 14-year-old Aiden Fucci, was also present. She and Fucci attended the same school and grew up in the same neighborhood. 30 minutes later, around 1 a.m., Tristan went walking with 14-year-old Fucci, and the teens were seen on grainy video surveillance walking east on the sidewalk of Saddlestone Drive. Later, the footage showed only one person running back holding their shoes and going west, which was ultimately determined to be Fucci running towards his home. The next morning, her sister attempted to wake her for a Mother's Day breakfast that they had planned with their mother, but she was nowhere to be found prompting them to immediately report her missing. Her parents saw that she was missing from her room, the location on her phone was turned off, and all calls were going straight to voicemail. Her loved ones and authorities began an immediate search for her. Sadly, later that day, a runner searching the area stumbled upon Tristan's lifeless body about 6 p.m. that night in a wooded area east of a cul-de-sac on Saddlestone Drive. She was found directly where she and Fucci were seen on video walking. She had suffered 114 wounds during the horrific attack, many of them defensive wounds. Fucci, the boy who was last seen with her, lived with his mother only 0.3 miles from where Tristan's body was found. The next morning, Fucci was brought in for questioning. In a shocking twist, as soon as her son left the house with police, his mother began scrubbing the jeans he wore the night before. She would later be charged with washing his jeans in an attempt to destroy evidence after she was seen on her own home surveillance camera doing so.
While in the back of the patrol car, Fuji snapped a selfie while holding up a peace sign and posted it on Snapchat with the words, Hey guys, has anybody seen Tristan lately? When police questioned him, he denied having anything to do with the murder of Tristan and said that once the pair walked toward North Durban Parkway, that Tristan turned onto Cloister Bane Drive to go to her own home and he kept walking along North Durban Parkway. He said he arrived home between 3 and 3.30 a.m. over two hours later instead of what should have taken less than 30 minutes. This is when Fucci began changing his story. He then claimed that Tristan had actually continued walking with him along North Durban Parkway and the two got into an altercation in the 600 block of North Durban Parkway, just north of Leith Hall Drive. He said she suddenly grabbed his crotch and when she did, he pushed her to the ground and she hit her head. He said he was dizzy from the marijuana he had smoked earlier at the home of Trey and couldn't be sure if she ever got off the ground. He said he then walked around alone for a while looking at the stars. At this point, Fucci lawyered up when police read him his rights. He then told another separate version of the story to one of the detectives. He was brought into a room with his parents, Jason and Crystal, and they told him to remain silent until his attorney arrived and that the room was being recorded. This is when his mother told him that Tristan was found murdered. He asked how that was his problem, and his parents said because he was the last person to be seen with her. His father then asked Fucci if he had any scrapes or cuts on his body, and Fucci said no. He said that he had kissed Tristan, but that was it. When the detective requested consent to gather fingernail scrapings, his parents stated that they would need to wait on the attorney. Once the detective left the room, his parents told him that police would be looking underneath his nails and checking his body for marks. His mother then began talking about his clothes and asked if anything would be found on them and whispered blood to Fucci. He said that he had been wearing jeans and she suggested that he had been wearing khakis instead. They wrapped up by telling him to find his story and stick to it, then spoke to the attorney and returned again to the interrogation room. At this point, Fucci and his father began typing messages to one another on a phone and passing it back and forth. Fucci's wet Nike shoes and t-shirt tested positive for the presumptive presence of blood. The cops had found a knife on Fucci when they went to question him. The deputy reported that he did not observe anything suspicious about it and turned it over to Fucci's father. When police later asked for the knife back, his father said that he had set it on the edge of his truck and forgot about it and then drove away and lost it. Although the knife that was given to his dad wasn't the murder weapon, nobody knew that at that point. The actual knife involved in the murder was later found in a pond about 140 feet from her body. Fuji's girlfriend told an investigator that he would hear voices that would tell him to kill people. He also had a notebook that contained violent and satanic drawings. Other friends of Fuji's reported that prior to the murder, Fuji was adamant that he wanted to take someone to the woods and kill them, and he always carried a knife in his pocket. However, no one ever reported his statements about his thoughts of killing someone. Shockingly, after her death, her Instagram became bombarded with awful comments calling her names, 
false accusations, and even defending her murderer. Many online trolls quickly went to the internet mocking Tristan and posted hashtag free Aiden, which is disgusting in itself. Her family has been harassed both online and in person, and many of their classmates victim-blamed Tristan. Fucci was quickly charged with second-degree murder, which was later upgraded by a grand jury to first-degree premeditated murder and charged as an adult but due to his age is unable to be sentenced to death. His pre-trial took place in February 2022, and trial is expected to begin in November 2022. The number of witnesses that could be called to testify in the case is now over 250. Despite their tragic loss, her family says, although forever changed, they will always be the Bailey Seven. There are no words that will heal it. So all of the messages that poured in from people all over the place, they helped us. We are forever changed as a family, but we will always be the Bailey Seven. For now, I will follow what Tristan has always said. Get it together. You got this, Mom. Thanks for joining me today on Southern Girl Crime Stories. Please be sure to check out my YouTube channel for these stories, along with photos of victims, suspects, location of murders, and more. As always, your support is very much appreciated, and I look forward to seeing y'all next time.